Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Save up to $450 on a Gibson Les Paul Studio Deluxe, up to $900 on a Gibson Les Paul Trad Pro 4, or save up to 20% on other select Gibson guitars. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bowls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere else you can find podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, tell your friends to subscribe, and check out the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bowls, look on Facebook at Locked On Bowls. If you want to advertise with us or have questions you want us to answer in the show, make sure you email us at LockedOnBowls at gmail.com. I'm Sean Hyken of The Athletic. With me, as always, Cody Westerland of 670 The Score. And, Cody, we've got about less than a week to go before free agency starts. And we, uh, the biggest question we've got right now is what are the Bulls going to do with Rajon Rondo? That's right. A week, less five days to free agency. I think four until the Rajon Rondo decision is due for the Bulls by Friday. He, of course, has a $13.4 million dollar uh, basically effectively team option for 2017-18. If the Bulls waive him before Friday, they owe him $3 million guaranteed. So that's basically $10 million in uh, difference there in salary cap for what uh, they would owe him if he's on the team or not on the team after June 30th, of course. That means several things. The Bulls need to decide if they want his veteran leadership and basketball skills uh, back in this system on the floor. They also need to decide, too, on the flip side, if he could be a trade chip or if he just needs waived outright. Uh, It should be noted that Casey Johnson of the Chicago Tribune reported over the weekend uh, the Bulls are considering waiving Rondo and re-signing him at a cheaper figure than the $13.4 million, which would be an interesting uh, idea here, but also expose him and open him up to, what, 29 other teams that uh, are in the NBA. I don't think 29 other teams are interested in him, but Casey did report that the Pelicans and Pacers would likely have interest in Rondo or are, have already reached out behind back channels uh, there a little bit. So what do you make of all this, Sean? And more than anything, what should the Bulls do with Rajon Rondo here in the next four days? Well, I don't know what the Pacers need with Rondo. They're going to trade Paul George. They're going to be terrible. Like well, I don't know what they're really... Yeah, the Pelicans make more sense, though. Certainly, because they're in a win-now mode. and I still feel like they can do better, though. At point guard um, these past few years and have two really good players in uh, Boogie Cousins and Anthony Davis. Like I, That could make a little bit of sense for them. I mean, they are in a win-now mode again, and Rondo knows how to get people the ball, why if nothing else. Why wouldn't they just re-sign Drew Holiday, though? That's a good point. And the one thing about Drew Holiday, wait, why can't they have them both, though? Can Drew Holiday play off the ball? They're, the problem is last year that... Etwan Moore and some guy named Cunningham and then Tim Frazier and all these other people no one have ever heard about actually had to play significant, meaningful minutes again and again on the basketball floor. Am I right? Like, I think I'm almost maxed out on Pelicans that I can name, Sean. Do you know who the starting point guard on opening night for the Pelicans was last year? At point guard? Yeah. Um, no. Nate Robinson. Oh, fun fact. I forgot. Trivia question for years. That is, uh, you're proving my point here. You're really proving my point here. Like, Rajon Rondo, we, could Drew Holiday potentially play off the ball? He could. I mean, he I can shoot. I, 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 don't I mean, you'd be a little small and defensive uh, 
defensively challenged in the backcourt if you're the Pelicans. But hey, you know, like I think they're already going to be a little defensively challenged in some ways um, if they're trotting out those guys. But do we I think don't know. that Rondo, if they were to waive him, do you think he'd be after all the weird stuff from last year? Do you think he'd be down to come back to the Bulls for a lower rate? I do not think so. I I don't know. There's no inside info there. My gut says no. It like it's either you're in on me or you're out on me. Like think about it. Like think about Rajon Rondo's past NBA history. Like. You either ride with him or you die with him, die with him, right? Like, Ray Allen's his boy until Ray Allen decides he's going to go to the rival Miami Heat at maybe not the height of, well, that was kind of the height of the Celtics-Heat rivalry, basically, right? Yeah. I mean, that was the dying days of the Heat's, or excuse me, the Celtics' big three as the Heat's big three uh, was in its prime, but that's Raja and Rondo, right? Like, you don't screw around with him. You're up front and honest with him, and you're either with him or you're against him. So just judging by his past, uh, I would say no. But the problem is, like you pointed out, why would the Pacers really have interest? If a Pelicans thing falls through, who really wants him? I guess I could conceivably see it. Um, that would be probably a big slice of humble pie again to have that number and then come back. But at the same time, like, didn't he already have that slice of humble pie last year and then restore his standing a little bit again with his postseason performance and professionalism later in the season, it seems like? I don't know what you read into all that, but I'm hedging no if they waive him that he's coming back. Well, do you think that just those, you know, those two games that he played in the playoffs against the Celtics really restored his standing that much that he's suddenly going to get a big contract from another team? No, I, I didn't mean, I didn't mean this standing in terms of financial gain. I just meant in terms of his reputation. You know what I mean? Those last few months in terms of his reputation, I guess, is what I meant more. But I'll ask you this question. Um, and take it any way you want. Money factored in and money not even factored in, if it makes a difference. Should the Bulls bring him back? Should they bring him back for $13.4 million, the decision staring them in the face right now? And then... If they do waive him, should they try to bring him back for $6 million, $7 million, something like that, uh, if you don't think he's worthwhile at $13.4 million here? I feel like the bigger question is, should he be in a Bulls uniform at all next season, not at what price? But I'll let you chime in there on that. I honestly would. I would honestly, I would actually keep him. Just, be, just for the veteran mentorship stuff. Like, you need, like... If you look, you know, a couple years ago, you know, when the Sixers, like, the very height of the process and, like, the, the, the year that Sam Hinkie basically got forced out, you know, there was all that stuff going on with, like, Jaleel Okafor getting in trouble off the court. He had a couple of incidents, and then they basically had to bring in Elton Brand because, like, they were like, okay, we need an adult. We need we can't have the entire roster just be kids. We need a couple of guys who are veterans who can actually, like, teach these kids kind of how to do things the right way. They have two guys. They've got Dwayne Wade, but... We don't think Wade is going to spend the entire year in Chicago. We think he's going to get bought out in February. And then Robin Lopez, like, he's he's just kind of, I mean, he's he's a solid veteran, but he's just kind of a guy who's not, like, looked at as, like, one of the, you know, he doesn't have the gravitas that somebody like Rajon Rondo does. Get out of here. He's way too good to play in the Bulls next year. No way. Elton Brand, I'm doing quick mental math off the top of my head here. First overall pick in 1999, I think, yes. when he was probably 19 years old. I'm guessing, didn't he go to one year of college? Yes. Yeah, Duke. He, what year he joined the Sixers? That was like 15 or something. Like, he was 35 years old and washed up at that point. Rajon Rondo, according to the first two games of the playoffs last year, according to Bulls management, could still have, like, stud potential on given nights here. The Bulls need to be awful next year. 
Rajon Rondo is too good to play for the Bulls. Two points here. A, you don't want him winning you four or five extra games because he's a competent point guard who can get the right people the ball at the right time and at least give your team some continuity in that regard. Because those four extra games could be the difference between having a 25% chance to get the number one overall pick next year or a 19.9% chance or whatever comes after that, 17.8%, 16% chance. And again, and we'll have plenty of podcasts here in the next year about potential top picks uh, in the 2018 NBA draft. But like, you want the chance to take Michael Porter Jr. at number one overall. You want max chance to do that. Rondo is way too good for the Chicago Bulls to bring back next year. Wave him, keep Isaiah Cannon. Isaiah Cannon is not going to win you games. He can, I mean, Sip's a good guy in the locker room, right? Like, is he setting a good enough example or is like, is he not hands-on enough? It's a little bit different for a guy who's like in his fourth year and has been like a journeyman versus a guy who has been an all-star, has been, you know played a huge role on a title team. Guys, listen to that guy more. Yes, I am considering Isaiah Cannon a veteran on the Bulls now in the sense of what they've become. This is where we're I at. I understand. This is where we're at. Um, but no, if you don't want to bring Cannon back, like I feel like there are other veterans you can bring back if you're the Bulls. I shouldn't say bring back. Other veterans you can sign or add to this team to serve as an Elton Brand-like influence in the locker room. If you don't think, for example, Dwayne Wade's going to be there all year. If you think Robin Lopez could be a trade chip for you. If you think you just need someone with even more gravitas of them or a third guy to set that example. I get that. You know what I mean? I get that. But Rondo could like help you win a few too many games that you don't want to win. And then on the flip side of the development aspect of it, if Rondo comes back, even if he agrees to be like a second string point guard, right? You're not, you're not bringing him back and making him like a third string point guard, right? Like he comes back, he's still going to be, I, I would think he'd still want to start. He would still work his butt off and try to start. He would be better than the guys the Bulls currently have in the race to start. And that's going to be awkward. And even if you make him the second string point guard for good and say, that's your role, you bring him back on it. That's at least probably 20 to 24 minutes a game, right? And those are 20 to 24 minutes a game that Chris Dunn needs. Those are 20 to 24 minutes a game that are still looks at Cameron Payne for as terrible as he was last year. He's still here. Minutes to him. Jaron Grant, I feel like the island. I feel like I might be the lone survivor on the island. I think it's just you at this point, Cody. This is all done. It's like me and Tom Hanks and Castaway. But, like, I'm still cool. Throw minutes at Jaron Grant. You know what I mean? My problem, the problem with me on Jaron Grant Island right now is that a lot of my residency that I took up there revolved around him playing well alongside Jimmy Butler, specifically in like that 13 game stretch or like a month stretch last year, right? Where he like knocked down three pointers and kind of just slashed to the rim and finished some buckets at times and looked like he was comfortable out there. Well, I don't know how comfortable Jaron Grant's going to be when it's like the, the uh, target A, you know what I mean? Or first guy that needs to make a play for the Bulls. A little worried about that part of it, but like, you still need to give him minutes. Like, Chris Dunn doesn't need to play 25 minutes a game. He needs to play 33 minutes a game. Rajon Rondo's here. He's cutting into those at some point. That's my two cents on Rondo. 
Fair enough. I, th- I mean, I, th- I think he's valuable as a veteran presence. I think I think your point about him taking up minutes is also valuable. God, this team's going to be so bad. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to watch the really bad Bulls team next year, you know where you should go get tickets. Seat Geek. Smartest and easiest way to find tickets to watch bad Bulls basketball next year, to watch 500 Chicago Cubs this year. I don't know what the Bears are going to be. The Blackhawks just... They just trade in everybody, but they always try to contend for the Cubs. So wherever you need to go to get your tickets, concerts too. Concerts never let you down, right? Like concerts, always go to SeatGeek for concert tickets. We might go see Tom Petty this week. You, we might. Like, like Tom Petty can't get beat like 119 to 82. You know what I mean? Like, Tom Petty's discography is undefeated. Yes, exactly. So go to SeatGeek uh, for the best experience up close and in person. For games, concerts, shows, anything you want. There's nothing like being in the arena for the biggest plays and shows of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. Anywhere, anytime, you can instantly download seats for any game this weekend or later in the season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because it price compares by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices vary depending where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find the lowest available price. You also get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade score based on value. Immediately see underpriced seats to fit your budget, and every ticket with SeatGeek is 100% guaranteed, so shop with confidence what we need you to do. Listeners of Locked On Bulls is download the SeatGeek app. Click add a promo code. Use promo code LOBULLS, just how it sounds, LOBULLS and SeatGeek will give you $20 off your first purchase. So you have a theory. We, we were talking a little bit off air. You have a theory that you think their Bulls don't actually want to re-sign Nico Miritich. Yeah, can we just snowball the be as bad as you can possibly be? Wait, if Nico comes back, like, he's worth a couple wins too, you know? Like, Nico has not proved to be a frontline go-to player in the NBA. The only thing he's proved is to be really inconsistent. But... He is a rotation player in the NBA. He has shown flashes and spurts of the ability to be a starting caliber power forward and give a team what it wants. You know what I mean? So, just be bad. You want to be bad. So there's number one. Let so you want to go, go full Sixers of like 2015. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there. Win like 10 games. Yeah. Yeah. 10 so so little. I don't. I don't. I don't think you want to get, like, caught up in the indignity of, like, challenging for worst record or winning percentage in NBA history. I'm not kind of forgetting what it was. Weren't the Bobcats the worst seven, winning they percentage were, they one year? But the seven, and 59, and, 7 and 59 in the lockout season. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, the Sixers hold the record for worst, fewest he, wins in a full season. Yeah, they were 9 and 73 in, like, 1970-something. Oh. Oh. I didn't even realize it was that. 10 and 72, like couple years you ago. were all over the trivia game between that and nate robinson um tonight so so props on you but yeah like try to aim for like 13 14 you know like clear that worst team ever thing so you don't have that distraction and that pressure of, of overcoming that but no on, on top of that so nico is 26 i believe right uh somewhere in that range yeah. if he's not he's entering age yeah, 26 season. um does he fit the timeline of this bulls rebuild i think the thought with bringing him back is that they realized that it wouldn't look good from an optics standpoint if they let him walk in free agency after he was so inconsistent in Chicago and then he goes somewhere else and 
hashtag puts it all together. You've been piling on this optics angle lately, like thinking the Bulls are going to make moves because of optics when they just traded Jimmy Butler and the optics of it were they got slaughtered nationally. I mean, slaughtered. The count right now is up to like 10 Fs I've seen from national writers, like one C and one person explaining they understood it. I mean, the optics part of it, I feel like that boat left the dock. You know, the train left the station. The, the airplane left the runway. Like, But I, I still feel like on the smaller moves, like, they, they realize that, you know, if he leaves and then he looks good somewhere else, they're, you know, they're going to hear, like, well, why did we let him go? Because especially because, like, they've invested so much into him in terms of yeah, they did. developing him. They drafted him. They, you know, they stashed him for a couple of years. And it was a good draft hit, too. Yeah. It was good. Um, the maneuvering they did, I believe, trade with... He was originally property of the Rockets, maybe, and then they were trading with the Wolves on draft night in 2011 and all those maneuverings uh, for the Bulls. I still think Fred Fred really likes him, too. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that plays into it much, Sean? Like, how much does Fred here want Nico back, for example? Or does the addition of Lowry Markinen, which we'll get into a second here as it relates to Nico, is that redundant? Like, if he does come back, is it front office, is it coaching staff, is the organization aligned? Is there a price point on him, too? I think if they could get him for 15 a year, they'd keep him. Okay. Are you thinking he's going to get, like, a four-year 60 mil? Yeah. Is that ballpark? I think that I think that's about what they would match. You have to – I mean, there are, there are teams that – there's not going to be nearly as many teams that have a ton of cap space as there were last year when the cap first went up. But if you look at kind of where uh, – you know, there, there are going to still be some teams. Like, you know, you look at Brooklyn. They still have a ton of cap space. They still need to find ways to get yeah. talented players. They're going to probably be huge in the restricted free agent market. They're going to go after Otto Porter. They're going to go after Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Nico's another guy they could go after. $4 million in the past was a difference for the Bulls and Jimmy Butler not signing an extension prior to rookie extension deadline in, what was that, November, October 2014, correct? The difference was... Four years, forty-four million-ish offer, and Jimmy Butler wanted four and forty-eight, something like that. Yeah, maybe four and fifty. It was forty-eight. Okay, so four million dollar difference there. Tom Thibodeau needs to offer Nico Miritich four million more dollars over the course of four years and bring him to Minnesota. Whatever he thinks the Bulls are going to do, <laughs> if it's four and sixty in the Bulls' mind, Tom needs to have some little moles in there that know the cutoff price point for Nico and restricted free agency with the Bulls. And he needs to bring him to Minnesota. If that means four years and $72 million um, offer sheet for Nico Miritich, the Wolves need to do it. So I'm not buying that the Bulls truly want to bring Nico back. I think some members of the organization do want to bring Nico back. I don't think they've, they've pulled this stunt on us too many times. Let's go back here. Um, younger and more athletic was the press conference in June 2016 after they traded Derrick Rose. Yes. And they signed Rondo and Wade. Went the exact opposite direction in that regard. And most recently, the season-ending postmortem this year, after the Celtics eliminated the Bulls, was, eh, yeah, we're going to bring, we're, we're almost certainly going to bring Rondo back. And yeah, we're probably going to run the same team back. We have no flexibility here. Yeah, we we love Jimmy. We value him so highly that we will sell him for 42 cents on the dollar on draft night. How many times are they going to lie to us and we're going to keep believing it? Like, I understand when it happens, we have to report it. You report what 
power brokers in any industry in life when you're in journalism say. And then you compare it to as well. But we can report it and explain to them, listeners and fans and readers, what the Bulls are saying they're going to do. And then we can call out the hypocrisy here. They've lied to us in big blatant terms, big headlines, like two straight postmortems and big draft night things the last year and 14, last 14 months, say. They didn't have any discussions with any teams about Jimmy Butler last year on draft night oh, to hear them tell it. Give me a break. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. So They were trying to give Nico away on the, on the trade deadline. Yes, they the, couldn't give him away. Excellent point. They couldn't you. get a second-round pick I, for him. I am not buying that the Bulls are really intending, really intense and serious in their pursuit of bringing Nico Meritage back. If he goes out and gets 4-48, and 48, yeah, match it. Decent trade chip, you know? Maybe build his value back up into something more. Makes sense. Got cap space to fill anyway if you let Rondo go, right? Like, the Bulls are looking at $60 million if they let Rondo go on the books for next year, plus whatever they pay Miritich and Felicio, probably that range, mm-hmm. I think, is fair. If you bring Rondo back, that's a little different equation. Um, and then Nico, many factors and dynamics here, but I, I'm just not buying it. I think he needs to go to the Wolves. Wait, tell me why the Wolves don't make the most sense too. Carl Anthony Towns, love the guy, right? Love the guy. Jimmy Butler, we know what he is. He's a three-time all-star, two-way player, top 15 player in the NBA. The one thing he doesn't do great is stand outside the three-point line and just drain three-pointers, right? You know what I mean? Uh, Ricky Rubio, last I checked, was an awful shooter. That's the reason they all get worked up in Minnesota, right? They're trying to get rid of him, though. Yes. But right now, he's still on their team. Right. Still can't shoot. I'm guessing they're not going to add Steve Kerr at point guard sometime in free agency here. They're not adding someone that's shooting 47% on three-pointers in free agency or by via trade here anytime soon. Andrew Wiggins, last I checked, uh, what he's best at is transition, going to the hoop, dunking, slashing, using athleticism to get really good looks at the hoop, but I don't think he's a transcendent three-point shooter. So what do they not have? Three-point shooting. What's the one position left for the Wolves to fill? Power forward, right? Paul Millsap, they could make a run at him in free agency. He'd be a great player for him, but he also might be slightly priced out of their range. He might not want to go to Minnesota. Why not go after Nico? That's, like, Tibbs is smart. He is a top-five coach in the NBA, right? Like, he will devise ways to get Nico the ball, what, in the corner below the break where he's best at shooting three-pointers? Like, I think this can work. What else? What else does Tibbs love? I think he's from the Doc Rivers coaching tree, which means he loves his own old players, right? Is it? He already acquired Jimmy. I would be, he loves his old players. I would be more expecting to see him go after Taj than I would Nico. Taj doesn't fit him, though. But that's his guy. Why not go after Nico and Taj? Don't stop there. Just I don't think going. they're going to have the cap space for both. Ooh, probably not, right? 18-ish million dollars. feel like that might be ballpark range for what they have in free agency this year. I mean, they would be... It would. The problem with going after Taj for the Wolves is that at that point, you're turning into circa, what, 2009 when the Lakers and Celtics... I go back to that game a lot. It feels like 2009 NBA Finals, in my mind was really the last great clash of the titans where excuse me 2010 i'm a year off here on my lakers titles 2010 uh when the lakers beat the celtics in seven games the last clash of the titans in the paint 
where game seven was decided that game. That championship was decided because Pau Gasol and Andrew Bynum were just beasts in the low post that game. And who were the Celtics missing? Kendrick Perkins, right? Confirm? Trivia man? Confirm? Yeah. Missing? Torn ACL. Kendrick Perkins in that game. KG was a beast, but the Lakers were just a little stronger in the paint and controlled that on a night where three-point shooting wasn't falling, wasn't prevalent that night where Kobe shot 6-24. You know what I mean? Since then, the NBA has changed. Tibbs needs to make sure he was in that game. Yeah, he was Yeah, he was on the bench. He was on the bench. Celtics assistant in that game. And that's not the NBA now. Someone has to let him know he can't build a team to win the 2010 NBA title. If he added Taj, that team would be very much built to win that one. The problem is the Warriors and Cavs have changed the dynamics of the NBA. And the Warriors are going to be there, and you've got to build to beat them. So um, tell, tell me why Nico doesn't make sense there. Just do it. It would make sense. Boom. Nico to the Wolves. That's what I'm guessing. Um, and I'm guessing it largely because I'm just not buying it from the Bulls' perspective. Like, they need to tank. Wait, Lowry Markinen. And Nico are the same thing. You know? They are the same thing. Nico's better right now. Probably significantly better. Lowry Markinen has a significantly higher ceiling, I think. But again, why limit Lowry to 17 minutes a game because you feel obligated to give Nico 30-32? Let Lowry play 28 minutes a game and just get beasted on the defensive end can't rebound yet see what see what you got bring the rebuild along faster by way of uh trial by air trial by fire it'll be a lot of crashing and burning next year there'll be a lot of errors so bulls press conference to introduce lowry markinen chris dunn zach levine the three new bulls will take place tuesday 11 a.m at the advocate center what are you most interested in sean I'm interested in seeing, you know, where Zach says that his rehab is at with the knee. You know, they said, uh, Gar and Pax said the other night that, you know, he's ahead of schedule and all this. And that's just kind of the stuff. When you trade for a guy with that kind of injury concern, that's what you're supposed to say. He hadn't come in at that point yet and taken a physical. I'm interested to see what the actual, like, prognosis or if he has any idea when he might be playing. <laughs> you think the Bulls doctors just hit his knee with that little rubber mallet thing to see if it reacts? You know what I'm talking about? Your instincts. They just hit it on your funny spot on your knee, and then they call it good. Medical exam's done. Would that surprise you? <laughs> no, re- no reason to take imaging results, x-rays on his body, anything whatsoever. They just hit him with a little flipper, a little rubber mallet, and he kicks his, his left knee out, and they're like, yeah, you good. You can go, dog. That's, uh, that's what I envision in uh, that regard. I will be interested in Lowry marketing. Um, just what the plan is for him year one. I think I might have told you this off air the other day. Like, I've watched some more highlights. I think I talked myself into him a little more. Yeah, you're in. I, I don't think he, he can't protect the rim. I think he's probably always going to be a below average defender. He's going to be an awful defender in year one in the NBA. He's not a very good rebounder from everything I've read and watched either. But, dude, light it up. Like, light it up. Sign me up for 128 to 104 losses where Lowry Markinen goes for like 27 points and makes some plays. Like, I want to see some potential. Um, but I want to know what their plan is for him, you know? Um, and that's the Nico question that hovers over it too because Bobby Portis is involved here too. 
So if Nico and Bobby are back, they're both better basketball players and more ready than him. Probably. Bobby got mad at me for putting him third on their depth chart. Ooh. Remember that on Twitter? Ooh, no, I missed this. Wait, I completely... I tweet. I tweeted the like the what the Bulls depth chart was, and I put Nico. You put Bobby number three. I did. Oh, what did what happened? Bobby retweeted it, and he said, "Hey, you got me as the odd man out," and then like a crying emoji and a sleeping emoji. Oh, throwing shade at you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would still put Bobby at number two. If Nico, what Bobby ended last season. For a time at number one, and then I can't remember all the Bulls maneuverings last year. Well, he was starting was right it? after the right after the trade, but then he was went moved back yeah. to the bench. He had 19 yes. points in that one game in uh, in the playoffs. Yes, off the bench. Last we heard from Bobby Portis, he was number two on the depth chart. I'm with Bobby. I'm with Bobby. You overlooked him. I'm sleeping he on him. He is number two on the depth chart. I cannot wait until he says that he has a chip on his shoulder and motivation because people like you put him number three on the depth chart, and then you could write a. You could write a first-person story about how you motivated Bobby Portis to change the course and history of Bulls basketball. But then you become like the old sports columnist who's just like, oh, I wrote this thing about this guy, and that made him change up his his game. Like, like I, you don't want to be that guy. I think guy. you need to have that trick in your arsenal. You can do it once. I feel like have there's it, some things that need to be phased out of the sports writing. Have game. it have it in your arsenal at all times. Like that... Like that uh, columnist in Philadelphia who started his story with, I've never seen Markel Fultz play, but this is a really dumb trade. Like, you gotta have it in your arsenal at least, you know? Like, when you have to pull out the hottest take you got, you gotta have something like that in there. So, um, so we'll wow, have no respect for Bobby. Maybe you should ask Gar and Fred at the press conference, could you please give me your power forward depth chart right now? I need to update my rankings, and Bobby has an issue with them. How many retweets did that get from Bobby's, from uh, from fans? It got it got a lot. Yeah, a lot more than your original depth chart. Absolutely, didn't it? absolutely. Didn't it? Although that it's kind of started wait, doing numbers a little wait, bit. You should wait. You didn't respond. I did. I told him I was just trying to keep free Bobby Portis going. Ooh, ooh. I. That's I think, a good response, right? I think you should have said you were hacked or a typo. Sorry, I screenshotted the wrong <laughs> Google Doc. The wrong I, I, had, I had several versions. This was a prototype, but this isn't this isn't authentic. Actually, I was I was still I was still considering it's fake my news. Bad. My bad. Uh, you should have you, you should have had a sincere apology, a retraction, <laughs> and just gone all. This is that's great, man. That's good. So we're gonna we're gonna have an update from. Oh, I can't wait to see Bobby. I'm gonna ask him how salty he is at you. I'll bet he's going to be at the Advocate Center tomorrow, working out. Yeah, he's been, uh, I don't know, we'd have to check Snapchat to see which city he was in. Last I saw in his Snapchat, he was bowling and making his boys do push-ups <laughs> again when he got like 172 pins in a game and they all had like 81 or something. <laughs> like, So they're doing push-ups. But uh, yeah, he's been, he's been training at the Advocate Center quite a bit uh, this summer, no doubt, with a lot of those young guys. And hey, all the Bulls are young now. So looking forward to seeing what they say about all these young guys, like is Chris Dunn, I guess I would assume is starter on day one. I would also, think. also worth an ask, how do they envision Chris Dunn and Zach Levine in the backcourt together? Because Levine was pigeonholed at times into point guard in Minnesota early in his career, right? And then he flourished a little more when they moved him off the ball. So if Chris Dunn is there, Apparently, he also did some of his best basketball when he was off the ball last year, too, but he needs to be the point guard of the future. So just seeing, you know, how that meshes exactly, I don't think it's rocket science, like Levine off the ball, done on the ball. But at the same time, um, some of those questions will get uh, 
siphoned out, get some answers from him on that. And we'll be back with you tomorrow from that podcast, from yeah. that, from the press conference. Yeah. So follow Sean on Twitter at hiking myself at Cody Westerland. Uh, follow Locked On Bulls on Twitter and Facebook by its name. Email us at lockedonbulls at gmail.com. Most of all, please subscribe to the podcast. That's right. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play. Anywhere else you can find podcasts, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe and check out the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.